0: all right
1: oh, it's just so good. so good
0: it's recording oh
1: <laughs> why do you always do this to me it's i sound like a complete reject every single time we start these podcasts mm, okay. yeah she never tells me anything
0: <laughs> by the way it was my drink that she was complimenting
1: yes it is it is her drink let it be known so I guess we can just jump right into it tonight, guys. <laughs> Hi. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so the drink that Jen made is really good. And it's like a cherry vodka sour with watermelon soda. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly one of the best ones that I've ever had. Just saying.
0: Yep, it's really good. Dungeon. Although I'm
1: not drinking tonight
0: because... I'm sick. I don't want to mess with my immune system. I got a vacation to get to next week, so I ain't about that life.
1: One thing you guys should know about Jennifer is if anyone even thinks about trying to possibly be sick (laughs) within the next three weeks, she will excommunicate you from her life.
0: (laughs) This is true. I cannot stand being sick, so don't talk to me if you're sick.
1: Didn't you, like... I could have swore there was one time where you, like, sprayed Tray with Windex or something. Because no. he kept coughing.
0: No, the motherfucker kept walking around the house, touching doorknobs and shit while he was sick. So I went behind him and wiped every single doorknob down. With the,
1: with the Lysol wipes, yes, that's what it was. Okay.
0: No, it wasn't Lysol, it was, um,
1: EPA. Oh, the hospital grade... <laughs> She has legit hospital-grade cleaner, guys. Like, it's in the kitchen right now. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> She's, she looks very proud of herself. I would bathe in it, it if I could. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, but that's just me. Yeah. Okay, so Jen's going to go first with her story tonight. This week is true crime. Super excited. She mm-hmm. says it's very messed up. So, it is. let's get going. Alrighty then. <clears throat>
0: so, sorry if I'm a mouth breather today. Like I said, I'm sick. Um, okay, so this is actually the story of J.C. Lee Dugard. Have you ever heard of her?
1: No, actually. Okay. So. That was my chest hitting my microphone as i adjusted. did us my
0: bed let's not um motorboat <laughs> <coughs> um okay so on the morning of june 11th 1991 a girl named jacy lee dugard was kidnapped from her bus stop about 1500 feet from her house Her dad, or her stepdad, was actually outside in the garage working on his car at the time, and he saw it happen. Oh my gosh. He tried to chase the car down on his bicycle, but he never caught up to them. A man named Philip Garrido and his wife Nancy pulled up in a car and asked Stacy to come over to the car. And she thought that they were asking for directions or something. She was 11 years old. So she decided to go over there, and next thing she knew, she felt numb. Because Philip used a stun gun on her. And then he dragged her into the car and took off. <clears throat> um, during the car ride, JC woke up. And the car ride was about three hours long. Two to three hours long. They only lived 300 miles from where she was snatched. Um, in the car ride, she woke up and she kept telling them that her family couldn't afford a, a ransom. Because her first thought was that when you get kidnapped... You're, you have to pay a ransom in order to go home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she kept, yeah, she kept saying that her family couldn't afford it. Um, they wouldn't really answer her or talk her or anything like that. They just ignored her. Um, when they got back to Philip's house, he um, took all of her clothes away and he put a blanket over her head and walked her through to his backyard to a small opening in the fence. And um, behind the fence... He had a network of sheds and tents, and one of them was completely soundproof, which is where he held her. (coughs) Yeah. Put the mic closer to your mouth. Yeah, sorry. Um, So, at this point, he handcuffs her, and he told her that there was rabid dogs outside that were going to get her if she tried to run away.
1: Smart. Yep.
0: So, he locked her inside, and that was that. And let me go ahead and show you the house. Oh, that is so good. It's kinda like our house where they have two separate lots. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. So um At this point her family is like super you know trying to look for her she has classmates skipping school going out like handing out flyers her mom went on the news and was begging for information and all kinds of stuff she her mom never stopped looking for her um and then I'll just give you some background on Philip so this is so (laughs) fucked up oh my god this is so fucked up okay so in 1972, Garrido was actually arrested for drugging and raping a 14-year-old girl. Oh, the, the charges were actually dropped, though, because the girl wouldn't testify. So then, in 1976, he abducted a 25-year-old woman and raped her in a warehouse and held her hostage for eight hours. But this time he was caught and he was sentenced to 50 years in federal prison for kidnapping and another five for sexual assault. What? Five? Yeah. But he was released 11 years later, um, on good behavior in 1988. Of course he was. On parole. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um... Now, back to J.C. Um, he- he kept her in the soundproof shed for a week, coming in and talking to her pretty much every single day, um, and then one day, he brought her in a milkshake, and he told her that that was- that everything was going to change that day. And, um, he raped her. That was the first time. Jeez. Um, up until that point- I watched a documentary with her, or it was an interview with Diane Sawyer, and she said that up until that point, she had never known what sex was, she had never heard of it, she'd never seen any, like, movies with it in it, so she didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was the 80s, she was 11. It was, it was the 90s. The 90s. It was 1991. Oh, yeah. Um, so he continued to visit her pretty much every single day, bringing her milkshakes and telling her stories. And she, re- she started, you know, developing kind of like Stockholm Syndrome, okay. but they're saying that she didn't have that, but it was kind of like it. Mm-hmm. She, she relied on him for her only human contact. She didn't, um, see anybody else. She didn't go anywhere. She didn't leave the soundproof room. <coughs>
1: Where was um, his
0: wife? He wouldn't let her see her. We'll get to that. Um... So, he eventually gave her a TV, and, but the only channel that she, ha- that she had on it was QVC. So, she just watched, like, jewelry being sold all the time. That was her only TV. Jeez. And about a month and a half later, he moved her into a bigger room, and he had her staying there off and on. And at this point, he told her that the demons, or the demon angels, let him take her to help him with his sexual tendencies. He was still under the... Oh, this is another note that I put. He was still under the care of the doctors assigned to him for his parole. And he actually had an appointment three days before her kidnapping and then four days afterwards. And no one, like, suspected anything. Um, He told JC that, like, when he came back from the doctor appointment after he kidnapped her, he told her that society had ignored him and that that was why she was there. He told her that she was protecting other girls by staying there with him and um, one day he put the stun gun out on the table where she could see it and he brought out drugs and began what he named runs he he would call them runs and it would be drug-filled binges and um, he would (coughs) he would make her do stuff like he made her dress up for hours and then he'd make her help him Cut out pictures of women for collages out of like porn magazines and like little girls pictures and shit. Yeah, and make collages, make uh, make collages with him. What the? Yeah. <clears throat> and then he would make her sit there for hours and listen for the voices that he was hearing in his head. And um, then eventually he would break down and cry and talk about how horrible of a person he was and ask for her forgiveness and then he would end it by threatening her and telling her that she better keep quiet or he's going to sell her to someone who will lock her in a cage. Which of course made her terrified. Yeah. She was 11 years old and she didn't want to go anywhere worse. So anyways, he kept moving her back and forth between the soundproof shed and the room where she was handcuffed to the bed but seven months in, Philip finally allowed his wife Yeah, Philip finally allowed his wife to meet JC. She brought uh, JC a bear, a Barbie, and some chocolate milk, and um, then she started bringing her meals regularly every single day. Um, Sometimes Nancy would cry to JC and tell her that she was so sorry and she wished that Philip had had a headache that day or something when they took her. Imagine being, like, imagine being fucking told that, oh my god, I'm so sorry, like, I wish that he had had a headache and never kidnapped you. The fuck? Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) What am I supposed to do with that?
1: (laughs) uh, Like, who is you? What are you (laughs) doing right now? You could easily pick up the phone and call the police. Yeah.
0: Which I'll get to all that horrible shit later. Um... About a year after her kidnapping, Philip went to jail for failing a drug test, leaving JC and Nancy alone for a month. Nancy and Philip would win JC's affection by getting her kittens. And then um once JC got attached to the kittens and they started getting like older, the kittens would all of a sudden disappear. (gasps) So that they could get her a new kitten, pretty much. No. Yeah. Um, She kept a journal, or a diary, and she would write about how grateful she was that they bought her a new kitten, and that they would spend $200 on a new kitten for her. Um, Her favorite one, she named Eclipse, and in one journal entry, she signed her name, J.C., this, at the, around this time, Eclipse disappeared when he found her journal. But he found her journal, and he was super fucking pissed that she signed it with J.C., And he made her tear her name out of it, and that was the last time she was ever allowed to say her name. Excuse me? Yeah. He made her pick a new name. What the fuck? Um. So she decided to name herself Alyssa, because she kept hearing the name Alyssa on TV, and she thought it was a pretty name. (coughs) So, um... Two years and eight months after the kidnapping, they finally allowed the handcuffs to come off occasionally, and one night, na- one night they brought her cooked food for the very first time. So up until this point, I think she was only eating like microwavable stuff, and because um, there was a microwave in the shed. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, it was cabbage and corned beef. Like imagine that being your first fucking meal. <laughs> In two years, that's not microwavable. I mean, I love cabbage and corned beef, but really...
1: No. Couldn't <laughs> for a
0: pizza. <laughs> um, so, at this time, that night, they told her that they thought she was pregnant. She's, what, 13 at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. 13 years old. It was Easter of 1994. <coughs> um, what? Keep going. Philip started watching birthing videos to try and prepare for the baby since obviously he couldn't take her to the hospital. Um, she was locked up alone when she went into labor. And she was in labor for hours and had no idea that she was in labor and didn't know what was going on until they finally came home from the store and found and like figured out that she was in labor um the baby actually had the umbilical cord wrapped around its neck but since philip watched the videos he was able to fix it and help her birth the baby
1: yeah i got mm, see nancy's a bitch i know
0: So, yeah, she had the baby, it was perfectly healthy, and I think that that baby's name was Hope, but I can't remember if that was Hope, or if the second baby's name is Hope, because two years later, or three years later, when she was 17, she had her second baby. Possibly named Starlet, I don't remember which one, but it's Starlet and Hope, I think. Um... At this point, is still having angry outbursts all the time, saying he doesn't like her behavior, and she's constantly, like, changing her behavior, like, changing the way she acts to try and, like, you know, ward off the wrath of him. Um, he kept telling her that he was the chosen one in the Bible and that he, um, and he's still making her try and listen for the voices that he hears. He invented a machine and made her sit there for hours trying to listen to the voices. That he was hearing. Um, eventually, he finally walled off the backyard. Up until this point, it was only, um, I think, like, metal fencing, but he finally put wood fencing up, um, and he gave her a tent so that she could, like, go out into the backyard instead of staying in the shed. Um, so... He allowed her to walk around outside for the first time, and she began gardening in front of her tent, planting flowers, and she also set up a little school outside where she began teaching her daughters what little she could from her fifth grade education.
1: (coughs) Poor baby.
0: I know. Um, One day, Philip came out and told J.C. that they needed to make Nancy feel better and that they were going to start telling the girls that Nancy was their mom and not J.C., and J C is her is their sister.
1: Yep, that's kind of what I figured.
0: Yep, fucking bitch. Um, parole officers would actually come by and check in on Philip all the time, and they never went out to the backyard. Um, one time, they even let J C into the house, and she talked to the parole officer, but never told him who she was. She just because she felt like no one would care. And parole officers actually came to the house sixty times. There, while while she was there. Oh, my gosh. And no one ever fucking did anything.
1: Um. <clears throat>
0: one time, a neighbor even called the cops and told them that Philip had three girls living in his backyard. But no one did, did anything. I... Yeah, I know. Uh. <laughs> um... Eventually, the Greedos became so sure that they were not going to be caught that they they um, brought the three girls to a family outing at a corn fest, where there were news cameras shooting the event. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they weren't caught. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> what?
0: Y'all should have seen her face. She was so fucking sure that they were about to get caught. I. Nope. Um, one thing to know is that they did, that Garrido did stop his sexual relationship, as she it was put, late. yeah, once she had the second baby. So, thank God for her, because I feel like at this point she would have had, like, ten children. Yeah. Um, she began think of it, thinking of him as their father and someone who would always know what to do. Like, she was, like, thinking of him as, like, a confidant type thing.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Um, The reason that she never ran is because she was told that the outside world was dangerous, filled with rapists and pedophiles.
1: (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) Really?
0: Ironically enough, that's what's in your fucking house. Um, And that she could never protect her daughters out there, and they were safe there, so she never saw a reason to run. Because the girls weren't being hurt. Huh. Um, then one year, Garrido started a print shop and he actually had JC designing invitations and cards and stuff on a computer that had internet. But he told her that if she attempted to con- contact anybody, the computer would track everything she did. Oh, okay. right. Yeah, right. It's the fucking 90s. Like, no, no.
1: Can I borrow some your soda?
0: Yeah. For what? My drink. Um, so, although Philip Garrido earned a living through a small printing business, he eventually became more of a religious fanatic than anything else. He created a website and a machine through which he, um, thought that he could hear the divine messages (laughs) as part of his God's Desire organization. He started an organization called God's Desire. Mm. Um... One day Philip actually went to um UC Berkeley and he began posting flyers about his religion all over campus. Um he took JC's daughters with him and um someone noted that they looked very withdrawn and unhappy which drew the attention of two um campus police officers. Mm-hmm. Um both of them were women by the way. That is very that's a We should remember this. Women are better. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Same. No offense to all the men out there. But, I mean... Listen. (laughs) (laughs) Both women said that they didn't like what they saw and that the girls weren't giving up any... Or weren't giving on any sign that they were um, in trouble, but that they felt like they were. Yeah. Intuition. (laughs) Um... One officer said that she seemed very out, or that he, Phillip, seemed very out there. She just didn't know how out there he was Mm -hmm. until she ran a background check. Um, The women decided to strike up a conversation with him, and they listened to his delusional rant for a while. But as soon as they got the chance, they ran back to the office to check on his name, and they ran a background check and discovered that he was a convicted sex offender on parole. Um, so then they, they were like, Hey, um, why don't you come back tomorrow? We'll set up a meeting with the Dean or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then basically just to get him out of there. And then they, um, alerted the parole officer or whatever and told them what was going on. And the next day he was summoned to the parole office for a checkup and he decided to bring the entire family, his wife, the two girls and JC. He brought all of them. Um, he, he kept telling, um, JC that she needed to go by Alyssa, and that she needed to stick to the script that he wrote her. Um, the entire family was basically interrogated. I keep saying family because it's like, what else are you going to call them? Yeah. Um, was interrogated together. What, what the fuck was that?
1: Those are your dogs.
0: Anyways, um, J.C. never once let on who she really was to the parole officers. Um, the one that actually cracked first was Philip. He finally admitted to kidnapping, but not who he kidnapped. Um, so then the officers went back to J.C., and they were like, please tell us who you are, like, just tell us who you are, and she said that she kept saying, you know, I can't tell you who I am. Um she said that she couldn't say it. It's not because she didn't want to say it. It was because she had not said her own name in a very long time. So she decided that to write it down for them instead. So, um they wrote it down. She wrote it down for her. And um they all freaked the fuck out because guess how long it has been? How long? 18 years. Yeah. He fucking had her for eighteen years. I hate people. I don't think it's registering on the thing. I said I hate people, guys. <laughs> That's what I said. Um so Philip Garrido was sentenced to four hundred and thirty one years to life in prison.
1: Good. Bet he ain't getting out now. Yep. <laughs>
0: um he had her from the age eleven to twenty nine.
1: Oh my gosh. Um,
0: she was rescued in August of two thousand and nine. Um, his wife Nancy was sentenced to thirty six years to life in prison for her role in the abduction and rape. But Good. I honestly think that she should have gotten way longer than that. Although she's fifty, she's fifty five, so thirty six years,
1: you know, she'll she'll be dying or dead. But I don't care. She could get out on parole. Yeah, exactly. She has no business. I guarantee you the only reason she was even going along with the kidnapping was so that she could have babies. Yeah.
0: Um, JC actually, she didn't go to court, but she did leave a statement that her mom read in court, and I have it here. Okay. Okay, so here's the statement. Philip Garrido, you are wrong. I could never say that to you before, but I have the freedom now and I'm saying that you are a liar and all of your so-called theories are wrong. Everything you have ever done to me has been wrong and someday I hope you can see that. What you and Nancy did was reprehensible. You always justified everything to suit yourself, but the reality is and always has been that to make someone else suffer for your inability to control yourself and for you, Nancy, to to facilitate his behavior and trick young girls for his pleasure is evil. There is no God in the universe that would condone your actions. To you, Philip, I say that I have always been a thing for your own amusement. I hated every second of every day of 18 years because of you and the sexual perversion you forced on me. To you, Nancy, I have nothing to say. Both of you can save your apologies and empty words. For all the crimes you have both committed, I hope you have as many sleepless nights as I did. Yes, I think of all of those years I am angry because you stole my life and that of my family. Thankfully, I am doing well now and no longer live in a nightmare. I have wonderful friends and family around me. Something you can never take from me again. You do not matter anymore. Good for her. Um, because of the fact that the parole officers vid- visited so many times and never caught anything, they never did anything whatever. The neighbors called the police, um, they, they sued the state of California, and California settled with them for $20 million. Hey, good job! I know, I feel like she deserved a lot more than that. But, yeah. And that is the story of J.C.
1: Dugard. That is, okay, that is pretty fucked up, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. 18 fucking years. Oh my gosh, could you imagine what she went through every single day of her life? I know. I mean, for the first what? 6 years she was in complete isolation with just that bastard for company.
0: Mhm. And they and Nancy, yeah. Once the second baby was a little bit older, they finally gave her the tent and let her, you know. But yeah,
1: um mm-hmm. I, I bet that he, he he'll never he won't admit it but I bet after he stopped sleeping with Nancy because she got too old he was out you mean JC yeah JC sorry that he went out and at least tried to molest other little girls probably yeah cause uh, predators like that they don't stop I know Gosh, that's disgusting
0: I know it's fucking sick And her daughters are my age. Like, one of them is 25, and the other one's your age, 22. And she's what? She's she's 29, or she's 39 right now.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And, um, supposedly she has stated that she wouldn't hold her daughters back from going to visit their dad in prison if they felt like they needed closure, but she hopes that they never do
1: that's good of her though because they need to have their own yeah but the girls know what like
0: that everything that they've ever been told is a lie yeah it's crazy I wonder if they knew that JC was their mom they just and just like in secret she might have told them you know don't that I'm your mom like around them or whatever.
1: I feel like yeah because by the time he uh, he told J.C. to stop referring to them as her children that she'd already been like imprinted on them and and stuff like the oldest one was what three years old? Something like that? Uh, Probably like four or five. Yeah so she's definitely old enough to understand J C is her mother. Yeah, and then the, of course she would, the the younger one wouldn't, but her oldest daughter would definitely, tell the younger one as she got older, Nancy's your pretend mom. Mhm. So I, I, I to percent to believe that.
0: I don't know, but she read a book. It's called, um I think it's called A Life Stolen, <laughs> by J C Dugard. Let me look. That's accurate. Um, but I kind of want to read it.
1: Yeah, I do.
0: Just because, like, you really can't get much information about it if, unless you, um, read her book. So. Okay, it's called A Stolen Life, a memoir by J.C. Dugard.
1: So, yeah, that is the story. Well, yours was really messed up. (laughs) But I got to say that mine is really messed up. (laughs) I mean, I figured that yours would
0: be, I mean, I don't want to say worse, (laughs) but worse.
1: (laughs) That's just because for some reason I keep doing serial killers and I've noticed that they keep getting progressively worse every time I do one. Do you need help? I mean, I might have a little bit of an obsession.
0: But <laughs> I know I keep looking for like other things, things that
1: are not serial killers cuz I'm like I need interesting. I need to branch out, right? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and say right now that next true crime I'm not going to do a serial killer. Okay, hold me to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, have you ever heard of Albert Fish? No. He has been named the nation's- one of the nation's most notorious serial killers of all time. Hmm. This is him. Okay. Creepy looking. Yeah. <laughs> Super creepy Oh shit, Lican. I forgot
0: to- I forgot to show you my guy. Yeah, you did! Go ahead and show me real quick before I dive in. Yeah, in before deeper. we get into this. Here, just go like that, because you can see the pictures of the tents and everything-
1: <laughs> I'm reaching. That they lived in. And the shed. Oh my gosh, that's disgusting. Oop, oh my! Oh my! This is literally gross. Why would, they, really, that's the savior of the universe? <laughs> really? I can't believe that that's what his wife looks like.
0: <sighs> I didn't expect it. And this is what she looks like. Yeah, that was her when she was abducted, and that's her now at thirty-nine. She's beautiful. I know she is really pretty. I don't know what the daughters look like. They've been kept out of the spotlight. Uh,
1: Thankfully. Honestly. Yeah. It'll be kind of hard to keep her out of the spotlight after finding her after 18 years. Yeah. Alright, so... Dude is messed up. He, uh, he's had several names after he was captured. Um. He has, like, his, his real... I guess, his real name or whatever. There's, like, three different... He has, like, six different real person names. And then he has, like, a bunch of different spooky names. Real person names? Like, you know, John Doe. um oh, okay. Jaden Lambert, whatever. Um, So, his... His most popular one, other than Albert Fish, is Hamilton Howard. Okay. So, what's his real, real name? His real, real name is Albert Fish. Okay. But... Those are names that he kind of went by whenever he was kind of calling like people. aliases? Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. There you There's
0: the word. Across. I was like, what does she say?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no one understands my brain. <laughs> um, so, he, but he was known as like his ghost, his ghost names or whatever uh, are the Gray Man, Werewolf of Wisteria, the Brooklyn Vampire, the Moon Maniac, and the Boogeyman. Okay.
0: <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by his ghost names?
1: Those, that's kind of like what the papers called him. Oh, okay. Identified him as, like, you know how they give the serial killers a... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So, like, his nicknames? Yeah. So, kind of okay. everywhere he went. Yeah. Um... <laughs> he was born May 19th, 1870, and died January 16th, 1936. He, uh... He'd admitted to molesting over 400 children. Jesus Christ. There was no way to prove that number, but he proudly proclaimed that he molested over 400 children. Jesus Christ. Everywhere he went throughout his lifetime. Um, But he only tortured and murdered and um, ate a few of them. So let's just move on. Eight. Yep. Look we'll at like there. how many. Uh, there's no counting. But a lot of them. A few of them. Yeah, I, was, I was trying to play it down a little bit to move on to the bigger story. Um, he was known to be uh, gentle and small-looking, and appeared to be like kind and <laughs> <of laughs> trusting. So he was very oh, like.
0: Uh, let me not get that close to the <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was very slight and mousy and appeared to be kind and whatever. But, like, people trusted him with their kids for some Ew, reason. What the fuck? To me, he looks like Herbert the Pervert. But to other people back then, apparently, he was a very, he was like the go to babysitter. Um,
0: what kind of man babysits, though? Like, that's a, like, not to be sexist, but that's a female job. Like, <laughs> most wi- like, it's mostly women that babysit and children.
1: Yeah. Um, <sighs> hang on i'm a little congested so a lot of like the newspapers and the police reports say that his crimes were so unbelievably cruel that they refused to even publish details
0: like in the paper
1: in anything
0: i was thinking okay this was a long time ago there was no internet okay
1: yeah and even like police reports were like blacked out
0: what the fuck
1: yeah it's that you think that they would at
0: least have it in the police reports
1: not not once they closed the case Mm -hmm. um so he was born in washington dc and he had a like a lot of people in his family had different mental illnesses between schizophrenia bipolar mania crazy tree Mm -hmm. um and at a young age his parents abandoned him and sent him to an orphanage where he was abused frequently what the fuck Um, here's a quote from him. He said, I was there till I was nearly nine, and that's where things started to go wrong for me. We were unmercifully whipped. I saw the boys doing many things they should not be doing. Like, sexual things. So this is where he got his perverty thing from. In 1880, Eileen Fish, his mother, now a widow, had... A government job and was able to remove Albert from. When was this?
0: 1830?
1: 1880.
0: 1880. Okay. I was like, I thought he was born in 1870.
1: Yeah. Was, <laughs> was able to remove him from the orphanage at age 12.
0: Okay, so he was abandoned but then picked back up by his mom? Yeah. She was like, okay, vacation's over. Get <laughs> to mommy.
1: Right? <laughs> um, he had very little formal education. Like, at most, he went in, into middle school and then stopped.
0: Jesus.
1: Uh, yeah, he grew up working with more of his hands than his brain, so he was very hands on, even though he's very small. Mm-hmm. Um, just not.
0: So, what did he work
1: on? A lot of, like, you know, around the house stuff. He became a house painter later. Uh, okay. And that's kind of where he was able to go places because he was a house painter. Oh, okay. Um, not long after he got into a relationship with another boy, I actually have like the official name and stuff, in eighteen eighty two. And this boy when he was twelve. Fourteen. Because he was twelve and eighty. I it. I thought he was born in seventy. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So I guess he was twelve. Um
0: maybe I got the That's date why so. I wanna reset another boy. I was like, wait, wait, another boy? How old is this? how old is this guy at this point
1: (laughs) so he's probably 12 right now and he met this boy what was his name where is he uh thomas keaton okay oh no that's the wrong one okay so it doesn't list the name of the boy who got him he introduced him to the sexual practices of urolangia and Coprophangi. uh What the fuck is that? The consumption of human waste for sexual pleasure, which means the urolangia is urine and the coprofangia is feces. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And he eventually, uh, his fascination with crazy sex stuff led to self self mutilation as in sticking needles in his groin Ew. um and abdomen area and flogging himself with nail studded ping pong paddle. So that's this is a picture of his an x-ray of his pelvis. Um and those are all needles that he stuck into his groin. There's
0: Wait, so he just fucking 29. stuck them in and left him there?
1: Yeah, because he wanted to feel him moving around in there. Twenty nine.
0: Oh my god. Yeah.
1: I'm telling you, this dude is crazy. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. And in 1910 he beca- is when he became the house painter. And he got into a relationship with Thomas Keaton. So he's probably 1890, like 20, 22?
0: He was born in 70? Yeah. When was this? 1910?
1: Yeah. That would make him... 30. 30. 30, yeah. So he's probably like 30-ish. And he met Thomas Keaton. Wait, wait. 80? 90.
0: That's 20. So ni- So he'd be about 40 years old.
1: 40. If it's 1910. Okay. Oh, well then, before that, he got married and had six kids. That's what? important. They. We don't know the name of the wife or the children. Okay. So, that's important. Then let me get... Back through here, yeah. In 1898, he was married and had six kids. Um, that he would have been like 28 at that point, yeah. So, let me back up a little bit more. 1890, he relocated to New York City and began his crime against children. He made money as a prostitute and began molesting boys, boys were his preference. He would lure the boys away from their homes and torture them in various ways, but his favorite was a paddle with nails stuck in it. Like through it. Like what he used for himself. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he would rape them. Um as time went on, his fetishes got more bizarre and it would end up with him murdering and eating his victims. Ew. Yeah. Like their bodies or just their poop? Their bodies. Oh he God. would consume them.
0: Be disgusting. In
1: eighteen ninety eight, he got married, fathered six kids. The kids led a normal life. Until... Wait, so that was
0: all before he got married? Yeah. Oh.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna marry this guy? But that's... yeah. Anyways. Um, what are his children like? <laughs> apparently, they were normal until nineteen seventeen. But his wife ran off and left him. And then with that's when he made, no, she left the kids there. She left the kids there. Yes, all six what of them. What the actual fuck. Like, I'm sorry, but if I know, I know that he would have been into some crazy sex stuff with her. That's his wife. And she's just going to leave her children in that house. <laughs> mm, absolutely not. Like, you've got to be some kind of scared to leave your children with yeah. a person like that. yeah. So, part of me is kind of all, like, I felt bad for her, and at the same time, it's like, bitch, take your children with you. (laughs) Like, what do you think is going to happen to them? She probably couldn't get them out. Um, But that's when he met um, Thomas Keaton and went into a sadomasochistic relationship Mm -hmm. with this man. Okay. You know what a sadomasochistic Mm -hmm. is. Yeah, okay. Just just making sure. Um, It is unknown how much of the sadism... That Keaton consented to. Ten days after meeting Keaton, however, Fish decided that a consensual relationship was not really enough for him. So he invited Keaton to an abandoned farmhouse um, just to kind of be like, hey, let's go get freaky. Wait, so he
0: was only in a relationship with this guy for ten days? At this point?
1: Yeah. Okay. And I mean, back then, being gay was like big no-no. So yeah. they'd have to do it in secret. So he met him in an abandoned, har- uh, an abandoned farmhouse and locked him inside this house. Like mm-hmm. locked him and chained him up and everything. And for two weeks Fish tortured Keaton. Like bad torture. Mutilating him. Beating him. Raping oh my him. Oh god that poor guy. Eventually he cut off his penis. Oh my god. And ate it. In front of him. And Oh my god that's like And as suddenly as Fish arrived, he left, leaving Keenan just laying there with no penis and left him a $10 bill for his troubles. Did he live? No, he later died from exposure because he was abandoned in the farmhouse. Jesus. You guys should see her face right now. She looks so shocked.
0: No, I'm thinking about Game of Thrones. (laughs) poor Theon yeah (laughs) when Ramsey acted like he was eating Theon yeah pork sausage (laughs) (laughs) oh sorry we really shouldn't be joking okay are you good
1: (laughs) sorry that was really loud um alright so after that whole Keaton thing happened, he was still trying to go out and get children and he was still kidnapping them. Like his victim count there's no no one no one really knows because he only confessed to a certain number. And I'll tell you that in a little bit. Um but his children remember a okay, like being forced uh to join into his sadomasochistic games. What the with fuck with other uh, the children. Yeah. So the only the only kid that would ever go on record is one of his children was forced to beat a child with um a nail-filled paddle um like on the back and the and the butt the butt until blood was running down their legs so bad that the child was slipping on it what the fuck yeah um after his marriage ended fish spent a lot of time writing to women that listed their personal ads in the newspaper because they used to do that back then that was like online dating that's how my
0: mom and my dad met yeah that's so creepy anyways
1: (laughs) (laughs) um in his letters he would go into graphic detail of sexual acts that he wanted to do to them all he all listed them as anonymous until they were they would accept his invitation um the app. The acts were so disgusting and vile that they never they were never made public. Can you imagine? Out of all the things that have been made public over the years, these letters, I still couldn't find one. Today. I couldn't find any.
0: Jesus.
1: So how bad did they have to be mm. for me in 2019 not to be able to find one? Yeah. That is insane. Um, he apparently sent letters completely offended whenever they refused um to to accept his hand and it wasn't like his hand in marriage or anything (laughs) Uh, sorry (laughs) Jen's doing some
0: weird shit I was itching my armpit
1: (laughs) Uh, she's like moving away from the mic so no one can hear her scratching it. I could see it registering
0: on the computer and I was like I was like let me just go over here (laughs) this.
1: <laughs> oh, all right Sorry. no um he was offended and- he was offended when no one accepted his hand and it wasn't his hand in marriage it was his hand in administering pain to children
0: wait so they he he basically told them that that's what he wanted to do
1: yeah and he invited them to join
0: oh my god
1: yeah Living Who just up.
0: admits to wanting to do shit like
1: this? I, dude, like, I can't wrap my brain around this guy. This is, like, the one serial killer that I've looked into that I'm literally just. This is, like, the dark web before the dark web was. <laughs> right?
0: <before. laughs> it like, was there's. The dark newspaper.
1: There's so much that I'm not putting in my notes to tell people just because I. It's too much. I can't right. do it. Um. So, like I said, he became a house painter. Um. To be able to work in different states across the country. Mm -hmm. So he would always be moving around, uh, taking his children with him. It was speculated that he would choose states with large African American populations because in his... (laughs) The face. (laughs) In his research, he said that the police would spend less time looking for a murder of an African American child than that of a Caucasian child. Which back then, hundred percent right. Yeah. Christ. Nothing stupid. So several of his victims were were African American children, and they were selected to endure horrendous torture. Even like he made his own intru- instruments and labeled them instruments of hell. And a few of them were like the nail paddle, meat cleavers, yeah. knives, uh, and, like a meat tenderizer. Jesus. Oh, it was. Yeah, I could go into detail. I have but I'm not going to. Disgusted. Um, Those poor kids. So there was this one incident that kind of messed it all up for him. In 1928, he answered an ad for an Edward Budd. The Budds were kind of a wealthier family in an area. It didn't tell me the exact location because I, I guess they wanted to protect the family. Because... 2019 right they long gone um but he um accepted the ad for part-time work to help with the family's finances um and hang on i sent myself a text message because i didn't want to write all this down hack okay uh so when fish arrived on um On June 4th, because he was delayed a little bit, so he came on June 4th, as promised, and he came bearing gifts for all of the uh, Bud children, and there were a bunch of them running around. Um, Wait, wait,
0: why was he going there again?
1: He accepted an ad to work for them. Okay. He was going to be, like, their accountant or whatever, which doesn't make sense because he has no education, but whatever.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. He visited with the family over lunch, you know, everyone got along, they thought he was super charismatic. And um, he seemed like a typical loving grandfather. Because it's, it's 1928 at this point. so okay, he's, he's like 58. Yeah, he's like... I actually have a picture of him old if you want to see it. Yeah. Wait, the other one was not of him old? No. That's whenever he was like 30. Oh, okay. Okay, the only picture of him old is in how he ends up. Anyways, um, so after lunch, Fish explained that... So, he had told the Bud family that he had to leave after lunch because he had to attend a child's birthday party at his sister's house. And, um, that he regretted to have to leave so soon, but that he would be back the next day for work. Um, well, he brought it up that their oldest daughter, Grace, should come to the party because it was for a girl's birthday, and- that she would enjoy herself.
0: Oh, yeah. Just send your daughter with some fucking stranger that just walked in the door.
1: Yeah, right? Well, 1928, I guess. They dressed her in her Sunday best. She was super excited because she hasn't really been to many parties that weren't for her family. And they left, and that was the last time she was ever seen alive again. What the fuck? Um, he claimed that there was a family emergency, and he had to go back to New York immediately with his children something to do with his kid's mom, and, like, he he phoned them or whatever and told them that, and was never, they never heard from him again. So, they're just, instead of, like, putting two and two together, they're frantically panicking, trying to figure out where their daughter is and whatever, so they're all like, you know, good luck with your family, we gotta find our kid. And... The investigations went on for six months with no break in the case. Like, nobody could figure out what was going on at all. And until November 11th of 1934, when Mrs. Budd got an anonymous letter stating, in grotesque detail, exactly how the murder and cannibalism of their precious daughter took place. And I actually have that letter, if you want me to read it. Yep. Okay. So, my dear Mrs. Budd... In 1894, a friend of mine slipped as a deckhand on a steamer, on the steamer Tacoma, Captain John Davis. They sailed from San Francisco to Hong Kong, China. On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, when they returned, the boat was gone. At the time, there was a famine in China, and the meat of any kind from was from a dollar to three dollars a pound. So great was the suffering among the very poor that all the children under 12 were sold for food in order to keep the others from starving. What the fuck? A boy or girl under 14 was not safe in the street. You could go into any shop and ask for steak, chops, or stew meat. Part of a naked body of a boy or girl would be brought out just what you wanted to cut from. And Wait,
0: is this a true story? Like,
1: is this true? Or know. is he just, like, pulling shit out of his ass? He might be pulling it out, but it's China. Oh I don't know. Oh my god. Um, part of a naked girl would be brought out to show what part you wanted to cut from. A boy or girl's behind, which was the sweetest part of the body, was sold as veal as a veal cutlet and brought the highest price. John stayed there so long that he had acquired a taste for human flesh, and on his return to New York he stole two boys, one seven and one eleven, took them to his home, stripped them naked, and tied them in a closet. Then burned everything they had on. Several times a day and night he would spank them and torture them and make their meat good and tender. First he killed the eleven year old boy because he had the fattest ass, of course, and the most meat on it. Every part of his body was cooked and eaten except the head, bones, and guts. He was roasted in the oven, all of his ass, boiled, broiled, fried, and stewed. The little boy was next, went the same way. At that time, I was living at 409 East 100th Street, near, near right side. He told me so often how good human flesh was, I made up my own mind to taste it. On Sunday, June 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street. Brought you pot cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat on my lap and kissed my cheek. Wait, who
0: is Grace? The, the bud bu- The bud?
1: Yeah, the bud daughter. I made up my mind that at that moment to eat her.
0: <gasps> who did he send this letter to? Her mother. Oh my god
1: on the pretense of taking her to a party you said yes she could go i took her to an empty house in westchester i had already that i had already picked out when we got there i told her to remain outside she picked wildflowers it was sweet i went upstairs and stripped all of my clothes off i knew if i did not want to get her blood on them i couldn't be wearing them when all was ready, I went to the window and called her. I hid in the closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run downstairs. I grabbed her and she said she would tell her mamma. I bet she was thinking you would come save her. First, I stripped her naked. How did oh she kick, bite, God. and scratch? Good. I choked her to death, then cut her into small pieces so I could take... I could take the meat to my rooms, cook and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in my oven.
0: You, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I can't
1: do it. It took me- No! Ni- <laughs> I'm almost done. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I oh could my have god! if I wished. She died a virgin. I thought you'd appreciate that. So that's the letter. Yeah, I quit. <laughs> oh, I'm not done. Okay. Um. Uh, he, he definitely liked to reassure her that she was not sexually abused. Which makes sense because he has a preference for boys. Um, eventually this letter led to him being arrested, of course, because obviously they're going to remember this person who they hired. Um.
0: I feel like at this point he wants to get arrested so he I, can tell
1: everybody. Yeah, and I mean his kids are grown and gone. He's an old man by now.
0: Wait, how old was he?
1: Uh, it was nineteen twenty or no, it was nineteen thirty-four. Whenever he sent the letter, so, so
0: he's like seventy-ish,
1: ish, 70 something. Yeah. Um. After he was arrested, they asked him for a confession. He boasted proudly. All the while smiling, while he described the grisly details of the torture, rapes, murder, and cannibalism of his victims.
0: He never showed me the picture of him.
1: Oh, not not of him old, old, did I? Um. Ugh. He only admitted to one hundred victims, but he gave the elute like he he gave the pretense of more victims, but he refused to. Like elaborately, like he wouldn't tell them which victims they were or how he found them, where they the remains are so buried. Probably bullshit on that part. Either bullshit or he. A lot of serial kill a lot of serial killers who kill a lot of people hold the power over the families and prevent them from grieving by not disclosing the names.
0: Yeah.
1: That's him. Whenever Ew. he was arrested. Ugh. Yeah. Um. And the entire time he was smiling while he gave his testimony. He, um... March 11th, 1935, he went to trial, and he tried to plead insanity due to the voices in his head and the almighty God telling him to take these scourges of children, the mentally ill children, the black children. Yeah. A number of psychiatrists found him clinically insane, but even after a short ten day trial he was found sane and guilty and was sentenced to death by the electric chair. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um. He, uh. I have a picture of him in the electric chair too, actually. That was him right before they electrocuted him.
0: Fucking piece of shit.
1: So, he taunted guards and, and officers and everything like that for days uh, or up until days before he was executed how long was he in jail
0: before he was executed
1: uh he was executed january 16th 1936 so he so was about a, year. about a year on death row they
0: should have kept in there a little bit longer yeah the best part about it is making them
1: like not know think when. about
0: the fact that they're gonna die
1: Yep. A so year was not long
0: enough. I'm surprised he didn't get
1: killed by one of his fellow inmates before that point. Oh, if you're on death row, you're in solitary you confinement. Oh yeah, basically. I yeah. about that. Yeah. You don't really have any interaction with the other inmates. Which also is bullshit because. <laughs> oh yeah, people who hurt kids don't do well in prison. No. <laughs> um, so you see now why I kind of toned it down a little bit on the details. Yeah, that letter was fucking horrible. Yeah. Hey, could you imagine yeah, that's it. Could you imagine your child's been missing for six months? And then you get that letter. Yeah. Ugh, Ugh.
0: Ugh. I'm disgusted
1: right now. I'd be in prison because I would have killed I would have found him before the cops did. I would have murdered him slowly, and I will fully admit that. Well, back then you wouldn't have. I don't even did they even have cars at that point? In the tw- in the thirties, yeah. Yeah. Because they have cars in the 20s. During Prohibition. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that guy really screwed up my head. Uh, Oh, you were supposed to tell me the joke. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. When I I was telling Ryan about my story earlier, and I was like, they had... I was like Philip gave JC a tent and she lived in the tent, you know, she had she the tents were in there for in the backyard for like eighteen years. He goes, Oh wow, that's a testament to those tents. What brand was it? Ozark Trails
1: Are you serious?
0: He goes, I wanna know what brand those tents were. I was like You fucking asshole uh,
1: I I think I just lost a little bit of respect for your husband. <laughs>
0: I was like, what the fuck?
1: Oh, goodness. But yeah, I need a break from doing serial killers, because that was, I still got shit in my head from the details that I read. That was crazy. Alright, are we ready for our interesting fact today? Yeah. Okay. So, the bloodhound is the only animal whose evidence is administered in court. Really? Yes. Yes.
0: You'd think that it'd be, like, German Shepherds and stuff, too, since they're the ones who find, like, drugs and
1: stuff. Yeah, right? But technically, I guess the trainer or the owner of the dogs found the drugs after the dog found them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of red tape. The dog did all the work, you dumbass. But whatever. (laughs) Goodness. So.
0: Well. Those were. That was. I'm gonna be scarred for life now. (laughs) (laughs) After that one, that's for damn sure. My bad.
1: Sorry. I'll tone it down next time. (laughs) (sighs) God, that was crazy. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. We really appreciate all of it. Um, Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and shoot us an email if you have any suggestions. We are still open to accepting like topics or if you find any really cool stories, you know, if it's super cool we might even name a drink after you. And we will be sure to shout out any of the interesting short stories in our podcast. Yeah. Alrighty, that's it. Peace out Greeks. Peace out.